Warning! Warning, my foot. Be still, you bubblehead. Look at one eye. Rush. Kill. Destroy. Crush. Kill. Destroy. Crush. Kill. Destroy. Right, welcome everyone to another episode of That Record Got Me High. That is Barry Stock. And that is Rob Elba. <laughs> and we, we're in different uh, places, so if there's a, a delay, we, we can't help it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's great to have you all with us. Uh, Barry, we have uh, patrons. We have n- new patrons to announce. We do. We have Mr. Mike Bruford. Right, welcome Michael Bruford. That, record got that me name sounds familiar. Patron fam. It does. It does. Uh, Mike Bruford, I think he's a, uh, I think he lives in uh, Cardiff, I believe. Yeah, Cardiff, Wales. Right? That's right. Am I correct? All right. And we'd also like to welcome, this guy has a good name, John Class. So mm. I'm assuming he's all class. Yeah. I bet yeah. he's never heard that John, before. So John, <laughs> and maybe he's a little more classy because he became a patron of the show. 100%. And Barry, how, how do they become patrons? Uh, to become a patron of the show, <laughs> you go to patreon.com forward slash T-R-G-M-H and pick one of the uh, I think there's three op- offers that are presented. They're all very reasonable and affordable um, monthly tiers to support uh, Rob and myself on this podcast. On this uh, journey, this podcast journey that we're on. That's right. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and we just released a, a patron. Uh, occasionally we do episodes that are a patron send in uh, themselves introducing songs and we just released a new one that's really fun i listened to it today barry i didn't get to tell you but it's it, it's great it came out awesome i think usual. it came out really so, well i was pleased with it when i listened to it too so. it did that that record got this adolescent high everyone's sending records that got them high when they were 15 years old although guess who didn't tell what their name was 
I know a couple didn't, and but you know what? Maybe they want to remain. Yeah, he want. It was Steve. Anonymous. It'd be nice to say. Steve was like, nice. I well, forgot even, to say my name, and I was like, I think people who listen to the show the probably know. I think there was at least one more that didn't. Yeah, I think Steph, Stephanie okay. Stephanie McCook. I don't think she said her name either. She so. did right. I know. I, actually, yeah, I was going to ask you who that was, but I wasn't sure. But okay, yeah. you know, you can leave your name. Not you can be anonymous. Uh, but very enough of this chit chat. We have there a guest go. on the show, which we have we have been rudely ignoring. Mm. And I would like to welcome my dear friend, Mr. Javier Caballero. Javi Caballero, welcome to the show, Javi. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> so Happy great to be here. Now, Javi, now, Javi, you are a patron of the show, but I don't think you've never. Part- Why don't you participate in the uh, in the um, uh, patron episodes? Are you just too busy or Rob, just I, not I, interested? I, I thought you just said that we were good friends. You should know. You should know why. Uh, because you're a horrible uh, a procrastinator? I, true. That's one. That's reason one. Yeah. Reason two <laughs> right. is that I'm extremely busy. <laughs> oh, you are busy. Yes. You're a busy man. Uh, Javi, uh, for those who don't know, a uh, dear friend of mine for twenty over 20 years, I believe. He is a musician. He's a uh, technologist. That's what I'm calling you, Javi, a, a technologist. That's a good you, one. I don't... I don't yeah, I don't understand what you do, but it's something with technology. And a yoga enthusiast, and right? Yes. Yes. And he's living his uh, best life now in Louisville, uh, Kentucky, with his lovely wife, Heidi, and just living his best life there, right? It is. It is. It's a wonderful, wonderful place uh, outside of the crazy ice storm and snowstorms that we just got a couple of weeks ago, which was kind of nuts. Yeah. Lovely, lovely place. You leave South Florida. This is what this is. Things that can happen. (laughs) Well, I think he's I think he's aware of our own set of weather circumstances that can go south. Very quickly. <laughs> that's true. Oh yeah, he's aware. That's how he ended up in Kentucky. Yeah, I, I exactly. Fleeing, yeah, <laughs> fleeing here a couple of years ago from uh, hurricane. All right, but enough of enough of this uh, crap. Javi, you brought a record to us, and it's by a band that that some people are shocked that we haven't already covered in our three years of existence. But uh, what are we going to talk about today, Javi? I, I was actually shocked that you hadn't right? covered this band. Uh, but the album that I bring to you today is uh, Pixies, Come On, Pilgrim. Good job. I'm yeah. glad that you said the record we prepared for, because I'm afraid there will come a I day know, right? <laughs> when the guest is prepared <laughs> for a different will. record. And we're just like... That's totally oh, possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and then we go cut, we yeah. edit, and we got to figure out what we're going to do. But... Yeah, so we finally got a pick. And no, I mean, no fault of ours. Just no one has picked a pixie. We did a Frank Black record. And we had, um, uh, who, who did uh, Skip Spence? Um, that was uh, um, Eric Drew Feldman. Eric Drew Feldman. Produced, also yeah, produ- yeah. produced Frank Black and played with Captain Beefheart. Right, and the right. Pixies so peripheral. And- we had, uh, yeah, peripheral artists. But now we're finally getting into the... Uh, into the sauce and so Javi why don't you just uh, let us know this record came out in 1987 I don't it was released on 480 in 1987 so I wasn't sure if it actually wasn't released in the US till 88 but around that time 87 88 because I think when it was first released here uh, Javi wasn't it with Surfer Rosa it's like, a, it, yeah uh, it was like an add-on to Surfer Rosa um, right uh, from what I understand it was 
it was originally released in the UK, but they didn't have distribution in the US. Um, and then once once they did Surfer Rosa, then they kind of packed it on, and it was like a almost like a deluxe set type of album. Uh, and then eventually, right. it was it was on its own. Yes, right. was on its, its own. It's, and, it's and, more of a it's 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 called an EP, but it's a very long EP. So it really right, stands right. alone as as a well. It, uh, Wikipedia says a mini LP. And that probably eight tracks, twenty minutes. So um, it's a it's shorter than the shortest Van Halen record, but not much by much. <laughs> that's where we're going. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the gold standard of putting out a really short. How record. we measure? That's how we measure. I yeah, think, I think Diver Down was uh, like twenty three <laughs> minutes or something. So. Right, right. That was scary, and it was mostly covers. Though. It um, was all right. So this so. So, Javi, when did you discover? Did you discover this like when it came out, or a little bit after that? Was, was late, late? I, di- I didn't. I didn't. Um, I I was first introduced to the Pixies by the um, uh, the lovely MTV "Here Comes Your Man" video. Right. Uh, that was my first exposure to uh, to any Pixies. Um, oh, okay. So I, I, you know, I was in Doolittle before Come On Pilgrim. Um, right. And I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how I kind of came about. And, and the effect that it had on me was more Honey, would so. Would you tell us the, how it uh, came about and what effect it had on you? I will. I will. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so basically, you know, I, this is an album that you know I had already been influenced by the Pixies, and I was writing songs and playing in bands. Um, but I, it was to me, it was it was kind of like that art rock type of sound, and I was kind of just figuring my way into the music world and songwriting and all that. And this album, someone kind of just mentioned it in passing that was like, hey, you should check out this other album. And I had never even heard of it, didn't know it existed. It was probably maybe 93, 94 by that time. So it was, oh, Okay, it was, so they had already you know, broken up by then. Yeah, they, this was years afterwards. Um, I don't know that they had broken up by then. Uh, I think yeah, ninety three. They they broke up. I oh, think that was when yeah. he he sent the fax, the infamous fax, <laughs> via fax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so then it was right around that time. Um, yeah. And when I when I heard it, I I was like, what is this? It was it was everything that I had kind of had in my head, like influences and yeah. and different styles of writing everything was there and i was just like this is amazing and yeah. this album just kind of like literally got me high right well it's, and that's how it ended up on this, <laughs> and, this show and not just you because it got and and it's, and it's funny that it was released on 4ad in england and they always were bigger in europe than they were here in the United States. They never totally, I mean, they were always an underground band. Actually, they they got bigger when they got back together in the uh, 2000. They reformed, they finally get to play, got to play, you know, bigger shows. And, and uh, but in their existence, they just were never that. They were just always like an indie band. And, but they influenced so many uh, Radiohead and U2 loved them and took them out on tour with them. And, uh, you know, they influenced so many bands uh, over there. So, Javi, what do you think? Like, I, I was thinking, and I figured out what it was about when I first heard the Pixies, what grabbed me. What, what do you think it is? What's the special sauce that grabbed you about uh, about them? Well, for, for me, it was all about the sound. 
you know, the, the songwriting and interpreting that into sound. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was the, you know, not so much the lyrics, but the whole package put together where you get that, you know, the, you know, the infamous, you know, soft, you know, or quiet, loud, loud, quiet, loud type of, uh, right. um, feel for the song. But it, it, it had that, that cross from like, Hey, you could almost hear, especially on, on, on this album, you could almost hear these songs were written most likely on an acoustic guitar and brought in. And then all of the band members kind of built on it and made this, right. just this sound that, that was amazing, you know? Right. Um, and I kind of hold it right up there with kind of like a, like Velvet Underground type of, Hey, they're experimenting. It's art. And there's this great music that, that came out of it. Yeah. They um, actually recorded this was part of uh, a set of 17 songs that they recorded as demos. So these right. were recorded at uh, Fort Apache Studios in Roxbury, Massachusetts. And um, they called, uh, they pulled eight of the song out of the 17 songs. Uh, and some of the rest of the songs would appear on later uh, Pixies records re, uh, uh, re-recorded. Um, but this, right. this record has a tremendous sound and a tremendous immediacy that was the stated intention of the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Ivo Watts-Russell uh, from 4AD because he found that bands often, um, from the demo to the recording, something... Yeah, they would they be recorded it, and they would lose that spark. Yeah. yeah, and that right. these had everything. So... You know, it's a remarkable thing because you know it's like that young Marble Giants record we talked about, which was recorded basically. They, they, they you know they put some mics on them and they recorded it, and then there's two overdubs and that's it, the entire record. And it's one of the yeah. most influential underground records that ever was put out. And so this has the same quality. I think this did the same thing for you know uh, um, notoriously um, as you, I'm going to say the name and you're going to you're going to make a sound kurt cobain um found this sound <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> incredibly intoxicating and turned it into he did as uh, right right no i said he just turned it into million selling you know uh, right, rock right, songs. right 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 uh, yeah yeah so many other people and and what uh, for me personally what excited me was yeah everything you said javi but i i guess you didn't see i did pay a lot of attention to the lyrics and what struck me because I was I was already starting to write songs. I was in a band, but the utter freedom, the sense of freedom in how he wrote. Like he would write just about anything, just about crazy, fucked up shit. And I just love that because you just got that feeling of and well, like you said, it's all art. They approached it more almost like an art band. Like they were just you know the songs didn't necessarily have to make sense. So they didn't have to you know run a very uh, a, a straight line verse chorus verse. And he played around. They played around with all that. They played around with the song structure and whatever rules of proper rock. They played around with that, but at the same time, they still rocked. So that's just yeah. what I loved about it. It just sounded so like different for some reason, you know? Yeah, it was it was inspiring, and and I think that you're seeing it from the same vantage point that I saw it as well, which was, you know, as a songwriter, it it kind of just gave you this affirmation of hey you can do what you want to say like you can you can do that and make it something great 
Um, and it, it yeah. doesn't have to, to, to follow the guidelines of, of the standard rock song. Yeah. Right. And you, and you could still rock, but yeah, not fine. You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, a while ago I read or I saw an interview with Kim Deal where she said that they never did a song. They never had a song where they would end it like a, you know, and they do the singer at the end. And then I realized, well, then going over pixies, they don't have any, they never do that. And that's like such a rock cliche that, you know, every band's going to have a song that goes, and they don't have any, they just (laughs) never did it. So, uh, yeah, they just didn't go for the traditional rock conventions. Now, all right, there's an, I I guess this is an unfortunate metaphor about the, about an, elephant in the room but there is an elephant in the room of all this which I think we all know and the big elephant uh, working in the room is not not my co-host Barry Stock but the fact that my co-host Barry Stock looks a lot like Frank Black big, yeah is, well no but aside from that you're not a big <laughs> Pixies fan yeah, that's the I'm thing. not a hater at all Pixies are one of those right. bands all right. you're not I'm, a, I'm a you know not a, not, a, not a bit um Pixies are oh, okay. Pixies are one of those. I almost bands. thought you were more. Of I, I have actually whittled it down to the fact that Frank Black and I might be similar enough that it's simply a, a matter of seeing yourself in the mirror and being like, eh, you know, I know. Oh, on. okay. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a simple. It's a simple that. as that. I yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go. That's I know funny. that guy. Hey. Um, <laughs> that's good. What do you think, Hobby? That's that's. I'll accept that, right? That's, you can accept that. <laughs> yeah, I will accept that. And that's fair. That's fair. And I will but say I, I would be I, proud. It's much ni- <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, Barry, that's much nicer than what Steve Albini originally said about them when he produced their uh, second album after that. Did you hear that? No. He said, I found, this is a direct quote, a, a, a patchwork pinch loaf from a band who at their top dollar best are blandly entertaining... Uh, a college rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he's he, known to he have later some apologized opinions. and said he yeah. was just, yeah, he was being it's very cranky he, and everything. He, yeah, he can, he's, he, he's sometimes, he's just, he does that for fun, I think. Um, right. And it's a blandly entertaining college rock. Right. <laughs> you know what? The truth is, he took their money and everybody was happy. And so, Yada yada yada. Keep talking, Steve. They were, and and uh, yeah, and that's a great uh, that's a great album. But this, uh, yeah, this album does have a certain quality, and I think it is because of the fact that it was their demo, their first demo, and yeah. it's like also you can't take away uh, as as great a songwriter as Black Francis, which I don't know, we'll call him Charles, call him Black. On this, you know, in the big initial Pixies, he was a Black Francis. Aside from that, you got. Uh, Kim Deal on bass, who she had just basically learned bass to, to be in the band originally. Right. And became like a really great bass player and just a great foil to him. Like her vocals add so much to the songs. And mm-hmm. uh, David Lovering, who is the, you know, me and Barry, what do we always say about a drummer in a band that if they're you, drummer, if You, you like, can have basically, it. you can have a great band, but if it doesn't have a great drummer, it's not a great band. Yeah, right, right. No matter and, what, uh, you, do, no matter what is, you do, if it's not a great drummer, it's not a great band. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he is a great Soul Asylum. Solid I'm drummer. talking to you. I'm talking to you, Soul Asylum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, different podcast. <laughs> that's the elephant. That's the other elephant. Uh, yeah. And then you got, of course, Joey Santiago. Santiago, uh, who just was not a not what you'd call a virtuoso by any means, but a very 
I think the fact that he was at first limited, more limited in his guitar playing, made his guitar playing so interesting yeah. in things that he would come up with. Yeah. Right, Avi, would you say that? Yeah, I, I think that it's actually uh, one of those situations where, you know, he had less uh, tools um, to work with. So when he hit a note, he put everything he had in it and you felt it through those speakers. Yes. So it was almost like <laughs> that limit that, you know, that limit that he would reach. It would just, he would just like blow through it by just making that thing squeal and, you know, it just, just emoting through the guitar. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's do and, it. Uh, so, yeah, let's get to the record. Uh, Barry, I'm curious. Had you ever like listened to this whole record before? Yeah, I've heard this record. Uh, I've heard this record. You have. My wife, okay. um, saw the Pixies in at a CMJ um, music showcase at, at the 930 Club. She saw them in 86. Um, oh, wow. Before we ever... We may have met, but we didn't really know each other. And uh, she saw them opening for the Throwing Muses, and she was quite impressed. So when we first started dating, right. she uh, had vinyl of, um, I guess, that, that twofer, which was um, Come On Pilgrim and Surfer Rosa. Right. Oh, okay. and so yeah. When she I, first met you, Barry. When she first met you, she didn't go. Wait, are you that guy? Are yeah, you? Yeah, no. I, I'll be. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Here's the truth. At that time, I had hair, and the person I was uh, often um, mistaken for was Bob Mold, who used to be kind of hefty. And so, uh, oh right, I would, okay. I, I can see that. I got sideways glances, and then of course there was D Boone before that, because you know, <laughs> also hefty guy, oh, hefty wow. rock guy, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hefty rock guy. Just can't, all right, well, what escape. are you going to do? It happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, all right, so let's get let's start the record. We get the first song. Let's listen to Caribou.
So, so Javi, you first hear this and you're like, yeah, this is my jam. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, this is the album opener and I was just like, what is this? This is so, you know, just right on. Like, you know, this, right. this is full on out, you know, expression of, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Right. And, just, and then and when you think about it, it has a little bit of everything that you love about the Pixies because it's got the little opening guitar figure before it goes into the actual song. And it's got him singing in that falsetto, the wailing falsetto at first. And then then the screaming ripped hand he's screaming that. So it's got like every, it's got a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah, it's basically we're here. This is what we are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, <laughs> right. right from the right from the opening gate. It's just, here we are. And the lyrics are um, odd, and there's an there's an sort of an almost um, there's a menacing, uh, but menacing in the way that almost like there's a, a spirit animal kind of aspect to this. Um, I think he talks about that. Yeah, um, like maybe reincarnation, something maybe. somebody's being possessed or uh, uh, by an animal spirit. This human form where I was right. born, I now repent. Um, let me knife, knife me let, I will get what I like. So, all right. Um. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely has some demons. I guess he was raised, I guess his family was religious or at, at one point uh, they were, they were very Pentecostal, maybe? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So he definitely has got that, <laughs> got that uh, bubbling down in him, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with that stuff, so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, Another thing you have in common with uh, Mr. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So now we get this next song, which they uh, re-recorded for Sofa for, uh, for Rosa as well and added like a more of a, the instrumental part. But I guess, so Charles spent a semester in uh, Puerto Rico studying Spanish. Now, Javi, let me ask you, as a Hispanic person, uh, were you excited for these next, for the two songs when you hear the Spanish? In it? Did, did that excite you too in any way i i was um and i'll tell you so much so that you know i i grew up um being exposed to a lot of different kinds of music um including like you know like latin type of you know salsa and, and you know all kinds of different uh hispanic music and i never really crossed those two like that was one side of music and then there was like the american like rock and roll blues jazz all that other stuff um, right and when i heard this kind of stuff it actually got my you know brain kind of loosened up and i was like wow you can do this also um and to, to be honest with you you know i heard these songs and I had a friend who had been writing poetry uh, in Spanish. And one day he said, hey, you know, I have this poem. I think it would be a good song. He gave it to me and I ended up, you know, taking that, that, that poem and turning it into a song, you know, inspired by the fact that I'd heard this. And I was just like, this is an amazing thing to be able to, to kind of cross over and have the English and the Spanish in there. And to me, in my brain, you know, the, the translation is, is seamless. So I heard the song and I was just like, wow, like, this is impressive. Um, there, so what's, he, was, ta what's you know, he talking about? Yeah, well, he does. I mean, you could tell, obviously, he, he wasn't in Puerto Rico that long, but he's, his uh, pronunciation sounds pretty good. And uh, it, it, is he, pretty good. He, it is pretty good. It is pretty good. It is, right? Well, it sounds authentic. And for us, I will say, Barry, I'm sure I speak for you. For us non-Hispanics, when we hear that, it just sounds very exotic. It and does, yeah. 
exciting oh, to oh, hear there, that. There are some complaints. There are some complaints on the Genius page about his Spanish that he's he's not as bad as the Clash was Joe Strummer's mangling yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Spanish language. But the, I, I was going to mention that. Yeah, some but of the, the, right, right. the words aren't aren't correct. There aren't exactly. <laughs> right. he's close. But he's not a native. But he's obviously not a native right. uh, Spanish speaker. Exactly. So you got to cut him slack. But yeah, much better than that. And then you got the classic Joey Santiago uh, guitar stuff in this, where including banging that. For those who don't know, don't play guitar. That the pinging sound is banging a reverb amp he, uh and when you hit the uh the reverb amp it makes that ping and that's what he's doing that during the solo uh so it's just cool it's exciting it's a very exciting song right it, it is um and, and i'll tell you you know this second song for me it like triggers these memories of like you know riding around the city on a bicycle right and it's just like constant motion and just kind of like even the even the, the the title, you know, Vamos, that means like let's right, go. Right, right, you know? right. So you yes. put this on headphones. You're on a bicycle. You're just bombing the hill. It's just like you know, yep. you're just going, 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 going. Um, and, and I think you know that translates across, even if you don't understand what the words are in Spanish. <laughs> All right, let's go. And then when he goes into English, though, the words are bonkers. Uh, we'll keep well-bred. We'll stay well-fed. We'll have our sons. They will be all well-hung. They'll come and play. Their friends will say, your daddy's rich. Your mama's a pretty thing. Um, it's, it's, it's great. It's like a talking smack, like guys talking smack. And, uh, yeah, and, and the chorus is just is just great. Like you said, Javi, it, it just moves. The whole song just moves. And it's awesome. And then it goes right into another song in Spanish, like... How ballsy! The uh, the second and third song, they're doing the ones in Spanish, and this one that uh, that that guitar lick in there that is just wild to me. It, it almost yes. sounds like you start listening to the song, and it's like when a when, when a cop. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but when a cop is like chasing you and they first kick on the siren, and the siren like oh, first okay. starts going up. To me, that's what that guitar sound reminds me of. Anything, that's any, a good thing. Any, any, anything you want to talk about else about it and how you know that sound? Yeah, anything else that you I'm going to plead the fifth. All right. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. I mean, you're All the right, one so that's ahead, living Javi. in Kentucky, not us. So, you know. That's true. So, Grant, Javi, you announced the uh, third song. Say it. Isla de Encanta. 
sufrimiento. Donde no hay sufrimiento. Pasa por la calle Islaré Me voy, me voy, me voy Nuestro propio animal Canta la gente pa' gratis Hey, baby, what are we doing here? It just goes, and then it just goes into that crazy bridge Which doesn't seem like it should be there But it's perfect, you know? And it, it's just so great Hey, babe, yeah. what are we and, doing and, here? To, to have that go from uh, Vamos to this song, it's just in, it's just continuing that that motion, that move, 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 go, 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 like yeah, you yeah. Know, whatever yeah. you're doing. It's, yeah, it's the, real uh, the it's, shaker in that really makes it takes it over the top into yeah. you know really it adds it ups the intensity about a thousand percent for some reason. Just that shaker being in there. Adds, an, adds this uh, a weirdness to it that uh, um, lets you know that they're not playing. Yeah, right. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, they're not playing. And I love, I love how during the like in the second verses, he's not he's like singing. They, they, when they stop, he just goes. First, he just goes yo, yeah! and then the second time, he screams ah, and it's like. Uh, I remember reading something where uh, when they were recording the demos, Joey uh, Santiago, I think I, I said he was walking, he was out taking a walk with his girlfriend and they were walking back in the studio and he heard Charles in there scream, doing vocals but screaming and he knew, he looked at his girlfriend and he said he sort of knew that they were on to something, you know, that they were doing something <laughs> special. <laughs> Little did they know. Right, yeah. right, right, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's some sordid stuff that went on in that band. But, you know, I guess it came with the sort of if you you kind of get the energy that they're putting out. It's not a surprise that there was some. Wacky, yeah. Some yeah. They became this. Oh, yeah. They became very dysfunctional, highly dysfunctional, yeah. especially towards the end. But, you know, yeah. I mean, hey, it's not easy. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I feel I, like I mean, this I, is probably. I, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But but I, I feel like this is before. Oh yeah, no, this was yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure they even like. I'm sure he even liked him at this point. Still, yeah. Right. Um, All right. So now we get. uh, Charles has said that this is the song is about a strange girl who'd ride her bike around with a transistor radio strapped to the handlebars, blasting music. Let's listen to Ed is dead. Her head is in a better way. Yeah. 
And is dead. So poor Ed. I guess Edith. I guess I've read. I don't know if it's true that her name was Edith. So that's the Ed. And she eventually got hit and killed by a car because she was blasting that damn music so loud on her uh, handlebars. Ah, I did not know that. I didn't know that yeah. part of the story. Her face well, burning may or may not be true. Her face burning in the L.A. sun. She got no got no fear of cars. I'll dedicate my stand cruiser to the memory of her own. Yeah. So. Um, you know, we had a yeah, probably right. Yeah, we had a southern tradition of uh, people who were touched riding bicycles around town. There was one, you know, their mom would turn them loose in the morning, and they would ride the bike around town, visiting the various businesses, and then at night go back home, and that was their that was their life. You know? Yes, yes, yeah. There was always one in in our neighborhood too. There was a kid that would do that. It's true. Yep. Yeah. Hats off. Um, so, <laughs> so you could hear some of the surfiness in this one that they would lean into more as the records went on, right? That, that, that he, I, I, he always really liked the uh, surfy guitar type thing. And yeah. also, as far as the acoustic guitar, uh, um, I feel I I I know he was a big fan of Gordon Gano and the. Violent Femmes, and I got to feel like the Violent Femmes were an influence on him and, and the playing because what they would do is they would use the acoustic guitar, but they would use it not like a folk instrument so much, but like a rock, you know, to rock out as if it was an electric guitar, but it would be an acoustic. Yeah, and, and they would also like kind of just, they would keep it in there kind of like as the, as the quiet part of the song, you know, the, 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 right, right, formula, right. the, the loud, quiet, loud song. And I, I always thought that was so awesome because, you know, it almost just gives your ears a shift. It forces them to kind of perk up and listen a little deeper. And then you just get Joey screaming in there with the yeah, and then you get hit, guitar. Right. Yeah. You get hit over the head. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes you lean in and you're like, wait, what, what, what's going on? And then, ah, you know, I, I think that's a good, exactly. uh, good technique. I love it. Yeah, it is. It's good. Transmission. Begin. Hey, it's me, the voice of ectoplasm, beaming in from Alpha Centauri 5, using the Brain Disruptor Ray. I am disrupting your brain, using a dude named Ray, who runs a used record store in Orlando, Florida. That's right, your thoughts are not your own, they are mine, via Ray. Cool daddy Oh, I have engaged in this intergalactic effort in order to tell you about Is This Tomorrow? Is This Tomorrow? Is a webcomic written and produced by two, very talented and industrious, self-aware, bags of barbecue pork rinds named Woody Compton and Kelly Shane. Each week they present you with 8 panels of world-class entertainment. You should definitely check out Is This Tomorrow? At Is This Tomorrow? Dot com. That's is this tomorrow.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled dinner of candied cigarettes and wax lips filled with arsenic. Transmission complete. So now we get uh, 
another thing, I mean, he, uh, Charles has things he would write about that he would return to a lot and incestuous uh, <laughs> things. <laughs> Fantasies, either a, a, a lot of stuff would reference the Bible, and I guess there is a lot of incest in the Bible, so I've heard. Indeed, there is. Uh, right? Yeah. So this Some of it, uh, most of it unpunished. Most of it, uh, God, right, yeah, right. God just kind of yeah. looks at it and goes, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, well, you know, it's the time. It's the times. <laughs> Different times. People All do right, what so they got to do. This definitely, song definitely plays with that. Let's listen to the holiday song. Guessing that he—he oh, here I am with my hand—is him uh, relieving himself after these incestuous fantasies. Yeah. Well, he's not. Yeah. Well, he—he he took his sister from his head and then uh, painted her on the sheets. There you go. And then rolled her up in grass and trees, and they kissed till they were dead. I mean, yeah, he's not—he's not shying. He—he um, he doesn't shy away from uh, from the uh, guilt or uncomfortable things. He, does he have a? Does he, does he act, Does he have a sister in real life? I don't know. Does she know about this song? No, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't know either. There's also Joey Santiago again. This is the little melodies he puts in there is, are just so they're simple and they're so great though. You know, they add so much to the song. Yeah, it's like he's he's, work, he's working with like limited tool set and just doing an amazing job with those tools. You know, right, right, right. Know. Make yeah. Yeah, it just makes the the notes sing, and it's not a lot of notes, but it's like they're they're just perfect, and they fit in. Uh, yeah, the right way. notes for for that spot. Yeah, they are they're exactly and also, what's needed. And also, uh, his singing style. I know how his singing style has influenced you, and it's influenced me as well because he has a very plaintive. He always had a very plaintive way of singing that was aggressive but also but not aggressive like a growl or anything like that it's just very very plaintive and matter of fact and it just makes it all seem very authentic and not like you know not trying to be rock and roll you know yeah exactly like he's he's, he's singing um and although I, I think some would consider it screaming um but it's always just a hey i'm i'm singing to you and and here i am and here these words are um yeah, and I think yeah. That, that makes it almost <laughs> gentle to receive it but he's really he's screaming at you <laughs> right right and, and and it's not like he's he's like not trying to sing but he's just not over i don't know it's it's hard to describe but it's very uh 
get something. And, uh, and yes. this next one, yep, this next one we get more uh, biblical references. Barry, you you would probably know. Do you know about this the story of Nimrod? Because apparently yeah, Nimrod, I didn't know Nimrod. Uh, Nimrod gets a raw deal he, because he was referenced in a Warner Brothers cartoon by Bugs Bunny saying. Don't be such a Nimrod, but actually, I believe Nimrod is a um, is a hero in the story of the uh, and he's a, in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, but he was because, a great grandson of Bugs Noah. Bunny said, <laughs> yes, Bugs Bunny said, eh, don't be such a Nimrod. They just picked that name, right. and then it ended up people thought a Nimrod was like a dope, but it's actually not. Right. So um, Nimrod's well, son, I, I don't know. I don't, from, have... I don't know from Nimrod's son though. I don't well, know the I'll genealogy. Nimrod, I guess, was the great grandson of Noah and a man who married his own mother. Uh, <laughs> and then after he was killed, his mother deified him, pro- proclaiming that he was a god. So, yeah, I don't know about his son either, but this is, let's listen to a little bit of Nimrod. This is a song about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, remember, I don't like you, Javi. I remember the first time I heard this, and when he says, "My sister held me close and whispered to my bleeding head, you are the son of a motherfucker.'" <laughs> <laughs> and then all the light bulbs went off in your head. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, um, yeah, it's great. But you know what? I was thinking, and, and Barry, I guess you said it really that, that you're not really a hater. That you just never, no. you, you yeah. never really you. You never really grabbed onto them and like loved like said, no. "Oh, you're a big fan of the Pixies." But I, I admit, there's a certain detachment to everything, and I can see it not resonating with some people because there's not much emotion, like true emotion, mm. in most uh, Pixie songs. Yeah, I mean, there's a presentation. Of, you know what I mean? He's got a. You know what? Like I said, it could just be that it's something that's so close to my own psychic. Uh, stuff that I don't want to, you know. <laughs> it's it's painful. It's too painful. Maybe to or <laughs> hard to say, but for whatever reason, um, I was never a big Pixies fan, and but I was never a, a Pixies hater in any way at all. Um, I, I realized that they are extraordinarily influential and uh, 
beloved beloved band, and um, so yeah, that's the, that's I, I my think deal. That it comes down. I think it comes down to you know, there's always bands and albums that affect people differently, and really, with when it comes to the Pixies, I think it depends on where you were in life when you first you know were introduced or exposed to them. Yeah. Right? Like if if you were in a in a place where you were you know writing songs or you know you had you had not heard anything like it. And then somebody presented it to you. I think that it has a completely different impression. It leaves this, this like wonder and and hey, you know what what yeah. can be done? What what is that? Right. And I think that Excitement. It's, you've already yeah, been exposed really to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it loses you its say, Oh yeah, like, yeah. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, they're uh, they're doing that thing. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, a lot of people who were in the underground community found them just as, you know, and people who were theoretically, you know, jaded found them just as compelling and just as, um, I, I enjoy listening to the music, but I don't ever think, Oh, I'm going to go listen to some pixies. Um, in fact, I think one time I did try that. I was like, I should listen to some pixies. And so I went through Spotify and listened to a few of the records and I was like, yeah, it's good, but Maybe it's just not, you know, it's, I'm like, I'm like, uh, um, what's the girl's name? Ed. It's just not my frequency. You know, it's not my, uh, my my (laughs) tinfoil hat does not resonate with that frequency as well. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. Didn't mean to to shock you guys into stone silence, but, uh, it's all good. It is all good. Uh, I think Hobby, Hobby. I think Hobby was worried that you were a true, like, like, no, like no, a real no. hater of the band. We you probably, would have I, I, no, no, I, I didn't think that, and I, I'll tell you why I didn't think that because I've been following this show, and uh, I know that Barry can appreciate some really good music that most people don't <laughs> get. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and knowing that, I was like, you know. <laughs> You don't have it to might not be a perfect <laughs> forum, but but it's it's, it's acceptable, and uh, right. I think he can right. appreciate well, the art. Still looking for yeah. somebody to come on and talk about uh, um, Shag's philosophy of the world. So, um, oy vey, oy. <laughs> I'm going to pass on that. But. <laughs> yeah, most uh, most everyone is passing on that. Out. Yeah. Um. All right. So this next one, this I think this may be the first Pixie song I ever heard because I distinctly remember, and I will mention. I know. Uh, I guess you could uh, click your thing because I was living up in Boston, Massachusetts when this record came out, and I was listening cards. to one of the college one of the college stations and this song they said uh the pixies and that's the thing about the pixies too they were never i mean yeah everyone knew about them and yeah they were like this band and they got signed by 4ad but one of the saddest things was you two like when the pixies pretty soon before they broke up you two uh invited them on uh you know to tour with them and they played at um Boston Garden and Pixies were opening up and uh, David Levering I remember said he was all excited he was wearing a uh, a Bruins you know jersey and they're playing at the Boston Garden and like you know the place was less than half full when they played yeah. like no one gave a shit yeah, no one no. gave a shit that the Pixies were opening nope. for you two the people were going to be there to see you two and no one yep. gave so it's like yeah nobody it's, came it's, to see 
the Pixies at that show. They were like, you know, exactly, eh. exactly. Whatever hundred, whatever hundred people got it and loved them, they were there. But that the was people it. that were there to the see the Pixies guard. got free tickets, and that's how they ended yeah, up there. Yeah. <laughs> but this this next one, I remember them saying, "Oh, they got this uh, record out," or it may have even been before that. It may have been uh, the demo. But I heard this, and I'm driving, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I had a band up in Boston at that time, too. And I just remember, Javi, you'll appreciate this. I remember thinking, wow, these, this band is much better than my band. <laughs> <laughs> so let's listen to I've Been Tired. One, two, three. She's a real left winger. Cause she been down south and held peasants in her arms. She said, I could tell you stories that could make you cry. What about you? Strong, so strong face, voice like milk, breasts I, like a cluster. I love of that transition. I can't escape yes. her ways. She raised me. She'll make you feel like Solomon. Beware your babies, even if you have no one. He's you know that Pentecostal thing in there. I don't know. He didn't grow up in the South, did he? No. Where did he grow up? Like you can be Pentecostal. I think he was from. Oh, he, I, I think he was from yeah, California. Yeah. Okay. Was he right. New England or California? Well, I, he went to school. Him and Joey met in uh, in uh, UMass, but um, uh, yeah, I don't even know. But uh, he, yeah. I, I know he loves California and he's enamored with it. But I, I don't know. He may have grown up, grown up in like when he says, "Losing my life to a whore with disease." I mean, I can hear that coming out of a preacher's mouth. You're going to lose your life to a whore with disease <laughs> if you go out there. Well, he- <laughs> I love this because as much as so many of his songs, I feel like come from his imagination. This, I feel like, can't help thinking this was a real conversation he had, like yeah. at a bar one night, like some, yeah, you know, right. some girl, and he's saying, you know, and she's saying, why don't you tell me one of your biggest fears? And he says, losing my penis to a whore with disease. disease. And she says, she's like, excuse me, please. Yeah, but that that comes from a Pentecostal upbringing because right after that, we're just going to sing one more verse of "Just as I Am," and I know somebody out there needs to come down and needs to accept Christ into their life. Tonight. 
tonight. So we're going to play one more verse with just the chorus singing. So, um, uh, but also, Barry, the music, what's going on? It's in a weird time signature, right? Because it's like, is, is it like threes instead of fours? It's in six. It's in six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Two, two, three, four, five, six. Right. Yeah, he but does then that. when he, he sings the yeah, go ahead. chorus, I think he's singing it in four, so it makes it sort of weave in and out. I've been way. tired. I've been tired. I've been tired. Uh, yeah, um, he likes that sort of... Um, there's some other six eight stuff in here that I heard, and he also has a. Right. He, I think I've talked about the Frank Black chord change as well. Um, especially, right, right. Um, it's like if you go to E major and you go up to G sharp, but you go to G sharp major instead of G sharp minor, and then then you go up to A. So that G sharp major, it's got a C in it, which makes it a, gives it a weird thing. It doesn't line up exactly in the key of E, and that's one of his. Um, one of his tricks, and it's also kind of a '60s songbook trick when they would they would do that. What do I, it gives you a um, a weird just a weird. He's got a weird outlook, and that weird outlook is is oh, yeah. comes out through <laughs> all of this. Oh, yeah. And so when you say it's the Pixies, once again, you there's no Pixies without uh, um, Black Francis. So it's it's a band, but it's also somebody's band and um it's one of those things where i mean i guess they've replaced kim deal uh at some point and they still play but it's his vehicle he's the it's his energy that's coming through everybody else is just contributing to that to that to the to the expression of black francis's uh, particular mental landscape in this agree i agree i would say that's that's good right javi that's fair Total yeah, silence I, again. I, I don't, stun, stun silence. Well, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think that he's like you know a, a great singer by by any stretch of the imagination. But but you know really, it's him you know, when he opens his mouth. Oh yeah, no question. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, no. I, absolutely. And it's and it's and it's really well done. Like he's not perfect. Yes. But he's perfect at expressing what he's trying to express. Yes, yes, he is. And with no air, that's what I said. That was the certain quality he has. There's no airs to it. You know, he's sort of like, it sounds like it's yeah. just, it all spills out of him. And it's just very exciting. It makes it all very exciting, especially when you hear it for the first time. Like I said, when I heard that, I was like blown away. I just remember hearing that. I'm going, what? who the fuck? Who's this guy singing like this? You know, I, it's like, I got to see these guys. Um, all right, so we get this is a short record, like we said. We get to the final and kind of a strange song, I think, to make as the last song of the record. Um, it is, it is, but it does um, transition well back to the beginning. So if you have the album on loop, like on a cassette, and you right, had the auto right, right. flipping, it, it it goes right. You don't back really to the notice that it started like, oh. over. It's just a, it's just it makes a circle. It, yeah, it continues. Right, yeah. right. Uh, okay, that's cool. I like that. So let's listen to the. Lovely levitate
So I will be honest. I never. I, I have no idea what this song is about. Yeah. Did you either of you? Could either of you make sense of the lyrics or have any idea what he's going on or is he going on about anything in particular? I have no idea. Oh, I, I get the vibe that it's <laughs> sexual. Though. He's talking. You know, I always I assumed that it was something to do with Eraserhead because they do have an Eraserhead uh, connection. I agree. Cover, I agree. And I don't know yeah, exactly why. Yeah, they used to cover why. the Eraserhead Lady song. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was a lady in the elevator in Eraserhead. Remember the lady? Not the lady oh, in the radiator, oh, but there's also a lady right. in the elevator. Oh, that's right, yes. Then take uh-huh. off them rings, and when off he them mentioned holes, the baby, he, he kicked the baby. Well, the guy ended up, you know, right. stabbing yeah. the baby, whatever. But right. So, yeah, I, I just, I always had a feeling that it had something to do with Eraserhead. Yeah, that's because I think I think I think, um, I think uh, Black Francis. I've not made the connection. I think that he's actually um, Henry from Eraserhead. So that's who is fronting this band. Is is actually he's, he's, he's <laughs> yes. inhabited by the spirit of Henry from Eraserhead. Yep. That I, sort I of tortured, tortured guy. Uh, what did you say? Holly? He well, he does a lot of his like uh, I guess inspiration and uh, writing for the songs. There, there, a lot of the songs are inspired from either you know books that he read or movies that he's seen, and they're usually just like kind of like weirdo, like artsy stuff that's yeah. off, you know, uh, off right, the, the right. beaten path. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's good stuff. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it does work and I love and I guess at the end when they're hammering out when they do the whole outro and they go me and all this singing I guess he decided um, uh, a bunch to give everyone a, a songwriting credit in it because they added all that stuff he was sleeping in the studio apparently so he gave like Kim Deal David Lovering and Gene Walsh who was I guess his girlfriend at the time uh, they all have a writing credit in that because they were all just sort all of right. doing all the singing I, I, at the I, end I found something um, it's in the it's in his biography on Wikipedia. This Black Francis. Um, he discovered the music of Christian rock singer songwriter Larry Norman at 13 when Norman played at a religious summer camp that Thompson attended. I'm familiar, I am familiar <laughs> oh God, with religious summer camps. Norman's music influenced Thompson to the extent that he titled the Pixies' first EP and a lyric in the band's song Levitate Me after one of Norman's catchphrases. Come on, Pilgrim! Thompson later described oh, the music you know he listened he to during you. his youth. 
I used to hang out with some misfits. We were the we listened to oddball music kids. I wasn't hanging out at all ages shows or trying to get into clubs to see bands. And I was buying records at used record stores and borrowing from the library. Uh, I'm also familiar with that. You just saw Emerson Lake uh, and see, Palmer Barry, Records. You, you are Black Francis, yeah. Barry. So I didn't know <laughs> punk music, but I started to hear about it in high school. But it was probably a good thing that I didn't know it. But I instead listened to a lot of 60s records and this religious music. So well, there you go. that's where so it's, that, yeah, Whatever that hodgepodge. Yeah. The hodgepodge of crap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> melded together. Sure. You know. And made some fantastic music. He I doesn't will, sound I like say, anybody else. His stuff doesn't. That's the thing. It's it's instantly no, identifiable. Right, it's like oh, I know who this is. And um, and so many other yeah. bands after like like Weezer and uh, even they uh, took Radiohead elements of it, but it bands, doesn't. It doesn't elements, have that. Yeah. It doesn't have that weird. Um, no, right? Yeah, the weirdness is baked in. Well, hobby, some hobby it doesn't have that eraser head thing. Hobby is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to agree with you that right? I, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, to, I totally agree um, so much so that you know I I played for uh, you know for years and years and um, recorded and had a couple of albums and stuff and my wife never got any of it and then <laughs> I took her to see uh, the Pixies when they were recently uh, I don't know a couple of years ago on tour with Weezer and like maybe two or three songs in she just looked at me and she was like uh-huh. oh I get it now. Yeah, it was the aha moment. She was like, I get it now. Yeah, well, I think that's so funny. Rob wears his Pixies influence on his sleeve in his songwriting as well. Um, yeah, for so sure. For it's, sure. Um, it's in there. And so whoever this guy touched gets touched deeply, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it's true, I would say. Yeah, definitely. That is a true statement. All right, Javi, so you got us. We we bust our pixie cherry with Javi Caballero. I'm so glad uh, you were the one to bring. That's an unfortunate <laughs> analogy, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. You can leave it in, though, Barry. That's yeah. Okay. With the... it's, it's something I feel like uh, uh, Black Francis himself would uh, appreciate. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, uh, Javi, what else? You got anything else going on? What's going on with you in your life? You just, like I said, you're living your best life in uh, Louisville, right? I, I am. I'm, I'm living a great life. I'm loving it. Um, I, I just enjoying life. And that's, uh, what about music? How do you, any music, doing any music at all? You've been, you haven't had that itch to. I, I'm out, I'm out of the uh, music scene. Um, I did, I, I will say this. Since I have moved to Kentucky, I did start listening to a lot more uh, bluegrass and uh, kind of that Americana. Uh, Americana Oi, Gavalt, um, <laughs> come back, Javi. It's, it's, it's not too late. It's, it's not too late. The rabbi says you can come back. Banjo, please don't tell me you have a banjo. You started playing banjo. Please don't tell me. I, I don't. I don't, but I thought about getting one. Uh, Although, no Mumford, I did hear... Uh, Mumford and Sons do need a new banjo oh, player do. now. I just yes, read that. They do. <laughs> yeah, he did. Someone he that's was, not. Yeah, that has. He, that's, not, yeah. that's more woke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did. I did pick up the uh, the ukulele. That I did. Yeah. Ukulele. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Ukulele's well, maybe. Uh, it's 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 uh, that's you know that's not exclusively uh, a banjo. Once you get a banjo, there's a certain. Yeah. No. There's no. Yeah. You cross that line. <laughs> ask, Russell Mofsky. Ask Russell Mofsky. Yeah, Russell Mofsky um, is never right. going to be Southern. <laughs> Let's just be clear. He no, can get no, a band up, but <laughs> Russell, 
Yeah, because he puts it all through these weird pedals and and, pl- and plays it Russell, with a Russell's screwdriver. A Yankee. On top of it, so, no matter, yeah. he's a Yankee, and that's just the way it is. is. And that's fine. Yes. Um, it's all fine. Hobby, uh, yes, thank you so much for being on the show, Hobby. Of course, you're a great guest. Uh, it was great just having you. I was great, enjoyed just talking to you. You got so I'm, excited uh, that we were just going to skip over the songs and just talk. And just talk. I know. <laughs> I, was just gonna, I did. I got overexcited. Uh, next week, we have a return guest. Uh, My goodness. We have a musician and Bon Vivant. Yes. Michael Cudahy yes. is coming back on. Uh, you know him, you love him. And he is doing an album, also an album that has been named many times oh, on yeah. our podcast. Oh, right? yeah. Forever Changes by Love. And uh, it's a record that, like, uh, oddly enough, like the Pixies, Love doesn't sound like anybody else. There are other people who sounded like Love, but right. Love's sound was odd and particular and very appealing, yes. but very unique. And so next week we're going to get to their, their And they also influenced, yeah, and they influenced a lot of uh, other a, a lot they of people. Did. Yes, it's one of those records yep. that went you, on you to hear and it's going to, and you hear and it's going, you're going to remember. Oh yeah, uh, forever changes. Exactly. It's something about it. Yeah. All right. So that's next week. Don't forget, uh, you can go to Instagram and follow us at, at that record got me high on Facebook. It's uh, that record got me high, and also that Facebook group got me high. That's another group that's on there. And Barry, what's the most important thing they should do? The most important thing you should do is give us money. And how are you going to do that? You're going to go to yes. patreon.com forward slash trgmh, and uh, you can pick and become up, a patron. Become a patron for a dollar, three dollars a month, more if like, you want. Like our guest, yeah, like our guest tonight, Javi. You're a patron of the show, and I, how much? I, how, I how, totally. I endorse that statement 100. percent I think you guys are doing uh, a phenomenal because, thing, me, and I appreciate it. Yep. So you, everyone should should uh, support. Let me the, tell you. Uh, let me tell podcast. you why we need your offering tonight. We need your offering because we're trying to build that, that youth center for the yeah, kids, for the kids, so they be right. yeah. they have we a pool and a basketball <laughs> basketball court. They won't be out there running the streets, oh, causing God. mayhem, and mischief. They'll have something to do, and then we can teach them about Christ as well. So yes. we need those donations. Open up we your do. hearts and we, open up your wallets. And we, but we really appreciate it. We appreciate you, uh, all we our do. patrons. We appreciate you, Avi. Thanks again. This was really a lot of fun. It was. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. That is Barry Stock. That is Rob Elba. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. We are out. And I'll face each day with a smile for the time that I've been given such a And they'll